Maple Leafs are going to enjoy this one in their St. Patrick's jerseys as they have won this one by a score of five to two. Go Bowen with the final call. Welcome back to Scotiabank Arena. Leafs game night, the post game show. Jim Taddy, Frank Corrado, and Jimmy Ralph for our first segment to go over a 5-2 win by the Leafs. I mean, that was a like a full effort from everybody. Obviously, there are players that stood out a little more, but again, and Carolina had the big four check. That was a pretty good win, wasn't it? I'd say efficient. Yeah. You no, know, it wasn't anything really spectacular. I thought they, the defense did a really good job in front of their own net, blocking out, uh, you know, other than the second goal by Carolina when the puck seemed to keep bouncing back onto their sticks. Um, they did a great job in front of Samsonov. If there was a rebound, if there was a battle, uh, they were able to win it and take care of business. So even though Carolina outshoots Toronto 32-24, um, I would say the Leafs really played the score exceptionally well. Well, I, I like the fact that Carolina is a hard team to play against. And the Leafs seem to, every time they had a little bit of a crack in the armor for Carolina, the Leafs exposed that. Yep. I think that's a good sign for a team that coming out of that Colorado game, they, they weren't able to generate much offensively. And tonight you face the same kind of team. And you're able to, you know, you talk about efficiency. Well, that's part of it. Anytime you had a little bit of an opportunity, they were there and they made Carolina pay. And they also got a couple of bounces. You know, it's, it's funny how, I mean, you get seven against Edmonton on Saturday night. You're held to two against Buffalo, one against Colorado. You're thinking this team's too good to be, be holding them off that well. And yet you're facing the, sec- the uh, team with the second best goals against average in the NHL coming into this game. So what happens? You get a redirection from... Aston Reese on a point shot, and you get a double deflection that goes off Austin Matthews, and then you go, <laughs> all right, there's the there's the market correction right there. This yeah. is uh, to get them back. And, and on the other side, though, Carolina, other than the uh, the five goal game against the Winnipeg Jets a couple nights ago, three previous games they scored once. They were shut out in back to back games and beat the Flyers one to nothing. So for Carolina, they they're just going through that little dip now yeah. where. Offense is hard to come by. They they are going to miss Svechnikov big time yes. because he was a big-time goal scorer for them. Max Pacioretty, although he's been injured a lot this year, there's a guy who can score. They lacked a lot of finish tonight, and you can see that in their game. They're probably going to have a harder time scoring, but they do play that suffocating defensive-style game. One thing the Leafs were able to take advantage of, Carolina, their D were pinching a lot, and there were times where they didn't have – whether it was Kot Kinyemi or whoever the centerman was, wasn't there to cover up. And the Leafs had a lot of odd man rushes. They did a really good job of exposing that tonight. Yeah, now, would you not agree, though, that's playing the score? Because most of the game, Carolina was down two goals. Right. So, and, and trying to generate some offense. And you certainly look at their numbers. Uh, you know, even Gostas Bear, when he came over, uh, scored in back-to-back games. So they've, they've been able to get offense out of the blue line. But uh, you're right. It was They were very aggressive on the pinch, whether they had backup or not. Uh, but a lot of times it was down 3-1, down 4-2 that um, they seem to be gambling the most, which is understandable. I like Samsonov's game. I think very early in the game, maybe at, uh, against the post, seemed to be finding himself. But but once he got into the game, he smothered pretty well everything, didn't he? Yeah, and I like the fact that the first goal he gives up isn't a good one. And it doesn't define the rest of the night for him because he, he made a couple of pad saves in the second period. The one off Sebastian Anaho was probably the one that you circled as saying this could be the game changer there. And uh, I, I think from a Leafs standpoint, if Carolina scores, I believe it was 2-1 at the time that he made the yep. save off Ajo. And, uh, you know, it's a different game if Carolina is able to put that in. So Samsonov wasn't called upon to make a lot of great stops, 
Um, but it's, it's back to the old Ken Dryden days in Montreal. Uh, you may only get five or six good chances against uh, during the course of a game, but if you make them, uh, the big boys at the other end of the ice will look after you. So all week, Sheldon Keefe was talking about how it's going to be 11-7 and seven tonight. It's going to be 12-6 and six tomorrow. But we saw Noel Achari. He left the game, and it was accidental. Like, Pugliarvi sees him at the last second. He gets his arm up. It, it's accidental. He's not trying to get him, but he got him. Should have right. been a penalty. wasn't a penalty. That's over now. But Achari leaves the game. Do you still go 12-6 and six tomorrow? How are you going to make that work? I guess Wayne Simmons has to play. Are you going to call someone up? Are you, like, Luke Shen got his feet under him tonight. You can see he still needs to get going a little bit yeah. with this team. Now, He's had now some time Steve's, off. Steve's was the last one, I think, to play. Um, Out of the Marley guys that yeah, have been up and, and that, down. That was a game in New Jersey that Steve's got he into the lineup. played like five yeah. minutes. Yeah, so, I, I mean, now what is amazing is you lose Achari, and like you said, you only dress the 11. But when you look at the ice time, it's not as ridiculous as it was against Colorado when Mitch Marner played, what, 29-30 in yeah. that game? Marner was 20 minutes and five seconds. Uh, Austin Matthews, who was over 25 minutes on Wednesday, 17.07, which is, uh, I think, just below his average ice yeah. time per game. That's because and, of these guys like Aston Reese. He yeah. has a good game. He has a two-goal game. He and, plays and, more than Kerfoot. Yeah, Tavares only played 16.05. He threw and, a hit, too. Like he, he yeah. threw a big hit yeah. in the third period. Yeah. I was a little surprised because Shen went in there. He threw the big hit. Then you see another body go fly, and you're like, wait a second, 91. He just yeah. he ran that guy over. Yeah, so it was uh, – and even though Luke Shen had a big hit in the far boards as yeah. well, you're yeah. going, that might have been interference. But you know what? And if it was, he got his money's worth because that, that was a pretty impressive uh, a bone-crushing hit. Uh, just inside the Leaf Blue Line. Well, and you want to save that scene to edit it into a playoff movie because that's what you're going to need. Yeah, and, and I've liked McCabe as well. McCabe had some turnovers, but always seemed to be he was the one to atone for it, whether it was a block shot or getting a stick in a lane. Um, so so you like that. I mean, uh, Shannon McCabe playing together is interesting because, you know, usually you have one of those right? in in every pairing. So it's interesting. But, but you know, if you're going to have the postseason, who do you want to kill in penalties? You know, that would be a pretty good uh, yeah. shutdown. I, I noticed Shen wasn't killing penalties to start the game. And then, like, they would do their two pairs. It was a, a mixture of Brody, McCabe, who am I missing, Lilligren, and Giordano. Um, I thought Gustafson had a pretty good game, by the way. I yes. know he didn't play much down the stretch, but early on he had a good game. And then as the game kind of got out of hand, then we saw Shen on the penalty kill. But what he did was he made it very noticeable that he was on the penalty kill because the hit, like, I think he cross-checked someone in front of the net, and you're thinking, wait a second, we don't see that very often. Yeah. And that could have been a call. So there's a couple there, and you see the difference where, all right, like, this guy kind of understands where's the line. What can he get away with? And I think he's established that and earned that over the course of his career. Yeah, now I'll, I'll give you another hypothetical. You're coaching the Leafs tomorrow, and, and – Based on the fact you were a defenseman, if somebody said, "Look, we need you to play up front," who do you pick? Ooh. out of the out of the eight defensemen for the Leafs to move up front? If in fact you <laughs> if say, "If I had to do it," yeah, if you had to do it, oh, probably boy. Gustafson. Hmm. Yeah, I put it in there. I always wondered what Morgan Riley would be like up front. We saw that great dash on his goal. Yeah. In the third period. I just can't uh, justify it. I wouldn't be able to justify my number one D-man makes all that money, and it's like, hey, I'm picking you to go play forward. I, I don't know. I just I wouldn't be able to do it. I would pick yeah. the guy that makes eight hundred grand. Can you 
just play five minutes up front and give our big boys a little yeah. bit of a rest? Oh, no, no. You know what? No, I totally respect if you want to go the gutless route. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Frankie is down. Ladies and gentlemen, we oh, need God. the medics in here. Frankie is in a prone they're, position. They're going to go. <laughs> yeah. I'm just getting run over all night. Bonesy's killing me. No. Daddy's killing me. Now Ralph. Bonesy, no. Bonesy backed over you three or four times. Oh, yeah. Well deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Well deserved. Okay. Yeah, that could hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Well, but you know, I guess maybe we come out of this and go. You know, we were maybe concerned about eleven forwards, but even with ten tonight, they made it work. So maybe there's some some uh, reasoning behind this. Yeah, and they're. Uh, I mean, you could do a documentary again called "This Is the Leafs." You know, they they lose to Buffalo. They had a two nothing lead, but uh, they get a point out of basically. You know, go to the skills competition with Colorado. They beat yeah. Edmonton. Now they beat Carolina, and now. We worry about tomorrow night <laughs> in Ottawa. But oh, because, what could happen you know, you there? Know, when, when you start looking, I mean, there are certain games, whether it's Montreal, Toronto, Ottawa, Toronto, it doesn't ever seem to really matter where the teams are in the standings, who's yeah. hurt, who's in, who's out. Uh, every game seems to take on a life of its own. Um, but it really has been incredi- incredible how you go back through their last, what I, I think, seven or eight losses, and it's all sprinkled with, with Buffalo, Ottawa, Columbus, Chicago, Vancouver, <laughs> that uh, that has you scratch your head, and then you say, okay, so, but you beat. Uh, you win in New Jersey. You go into Seattle, and you pick up a win there. Uh, you beat Edmonton at home, Carolina. You start beating the teams at the top. So yeah. it's uh, it, it really is the roller coaster that never stops. I, but I, but yeah. that's also what has you going tomorrow. I don't think they can be cocky. <laughs> no, no, in. no. And as much as they lose to those teams, like you mentioned, they yep. beat the good teams, and tonight's a good team. Like that's a Carolina team where Jiminy, Jim and I were Jiminy and I were talking about it. It's <laughs> called worse, buddy. <laughs> during the intermissions, Wait. where it seemed like when Carolina got their legs Must under be the them, the green suit I'm wearing. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> when they got their legs under them, and then they kind of got into their posture, the Leafs had to problem solve a lot. Like it wasn't easy, and there had to be a lot of close support, some bumps to the middle of the ice, things like that. And to the Leafs' credit, they solved it. So you go into the dressing room after a game like this, and you don't want to say that every game is a measuring stick because it's a long season, it's 82 games. But you can go into the room and talk about how that was a good team we beat over there. We solved a lot of problems. We know we can do this. So, you know, you're going into a game tomorrow in Ottawa where it's a back-to-back. You have every excuse, travel, you're tired, guys played a lot. Like, it's been a lot of hockey this week. But... You know, you, you can kind of go back to this and say, like, listen, we know we can beat these guys, and we're we're tired, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and the other thing you always remember is is what's been going on with the other team. We mentioned the injuries that Carolina have had, and the fact that of late they've um, they've had trouble scoring goals. By the way, when I said that about I I might put Riley up front from the blue line if I was the coach, but that means you're the assistant coach and you have to tell him. <laughs> 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 hey, come yeah. on. We know how it works. You know, <laughs> you know how that conversation's going down? Hey, bud, I got to talk to you. Yeah, Listen, uh-huh. it's not my call. Yes, guy, no guy in the coaching staff. It's coming from above me. Yeah, it's nothing but it, it looks like you're yeah. going to play forward tonight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and if he complains, then you say, look, did you cash your check Friday? Then go out. Yeah. Go. <laughs> no, no, that was the old days. Yeah. <laughs> that was, uh, did you yeah, put it that, work that way You anymore. put that $800 in the bank this week? <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Oh, 800 bucks. No, you know what I would do? I would go Canadian. up to him. Yeah. I would tell him it's not my choice, okay? What I would have what I would what I would suggest to you 
Call your agent. Have him deal with it, okay? <laughs> There's nothing we can do. There's no getting through yeah. to this guy. But you might have to waive the no movement. <laughs> but yeah. it's uh, it'll be interesting, yeah, to see what they do. Because uh, I was really impressed with uh, how Sheldon Keefe was able, I mean, once you lose Achari, how he was able to keep the minutes down, knowing you've got back-to-backs, it's three games and four nights, and how much Matthews and Marner played on Wednesday against Colorado. Um, to me, that's that's pretty impressive handling the bench. Now it helps when, you know, you jump out to a 2 nothing lead, and, um, you know, even though Carolina threatened at certain points, um, I, I thought the bench and the minutes were handled exceptionally well uh, to get ready for the game tomorrow night in Ottawa. That's probably the uh, the untold story is the job the coaching staff has done uh, under some pretty silly situations at times you know and the, they had to sort of redo the defensive core earlier in the year and it worked and now with uh you know going with the seven and eleven they've done a pretty nice job with this yeah and and it um you know we're fortunate enough to be able to, to vote on coach of the year and um you know jim montgomery i think in boston has done such an outstanding job it's difficult not to have him at number one uh, despite the fact he inherited a pretty good team coming in uh, but but this year, I will say that uh, yourself, I, you'll I be really voting for think, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as long as you can get Riley to play up front tomorrow <laughs> for one day. Yeah. But That's the, a coach uh, of the year move right there. You're but, right. But, but Sheldon Keefe, um, yeah. I think, would be on the ballot this year. When you go back to the injuries they had on the blue line uh, in October, November, I, I I think you start going through different injuries and situations. Mike Sullivan's always done a great job in Pittsburgh. Rod yeah. Brindamore. Uh, is always somebody that I think his, his name is going to be bandied around Even as Jared well. Bednar in Colorado. Yeah. You talk about injuries. They've had to go through a lot. Bill Landerskog all year. Yeah. It's, it's and been like incredible. All, McKinnon. All, all their guys have been out. McCarr's been yeah. out. And I think this year when, when it comes to Coach of the Year, it's Montgomery's award. Like, yeah. let's be honest. The yeah. way, and, like, and, and it's a pretty good, and it's a pretty good comeback story. That's as the well. thing. I, you, yeah, you love the the second chance, the comeback story, and the you know, like you like to see success stories like that. But there's still a conversation to be had about who is in the mix because I think that means a lot to a lot of coaches. Yeah. Of course, there's going to be one coach that wins the Stanley Cup, but who's in that mix? I think that goes a long way for a lot of people and kind of puts it into perspective, um, you know, the, the good job that a lot of coaches do. And we always thinking about it, think about it as a first-year coaches award, right? But how about the coaches who have or, been Or most around? improved team most, award from the most previous of, year. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But how about the coaches that have been around that have their message hasn't gotten stale and their team has gotten better year over year? Example, Jared Bednar. Example, Sheldon Keefe, right? Like John Cooper, those kinds of guys where, man, they've been around with their team for a while, but guys aren't tuning them out. In fact, their team is playing better now than they ever did. And you know what coach won the uh, Jack Adams Award with three different teams? Jim Ralph. You are going to answer that regardless of what the yeah, question was. That was going to be. You could have asked any right. question there. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. Well, we don't answer, know the Jimmer. answer yet. Well, give us the answer. Well, Jimmer. I thought you'd have it. Pat Burns. Pat Burns, right. Montreal, Toronto, yeah. Boston. Yeah. I have that on the trivia card here. I know. I don't want to see that trivia card. <laughs> I know a lot of stuff. Important stuff, you know. No, but, no, no. But no. you know, we, we keep we keep talking about differences between this year and last year and the year before. Uh, aside from playing Morgan Riley in the forward unit, I mean, literally, he's he's mixed and matched every possible. I can't think of one thing that that he hasn't done with with this unit. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, it's an it's unfortunate with the um, the Ryan O'Reilly injury that 
you know, he said, Sheldon Keefe right away said, I want to try a lot of different things. And it didn't really seem to depend on whether they were winning or losing. It was like, you know, we're comfortable with where we are in the standings. And uh, we want to make sure once we get into the postseason, we've we've seen every possible option. We have. Up front or on the blue line, which, of course, they're still experimenting with. Uh, so we know, know what we've got going in. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, with the injuries up front now, you don't have the luxury probably until a week, 10 days left in the regular season, fingers crossed, nothing else happens, um, to be able to explore those possibilities up front. But um, he really has done a masterful job of mixing and matching. And, uh, you know, we have seen some games where uh, he's made changes after the first period. I forget what game it was they came back. Uh, they were losing. He made some lines, and right away, oh, uh, yeah, everything seemed to mesh. He got and, in the uh, blender that night. Yeah, yeah. And the Leafs ended up winning the game. So that's a while uh, back. Yeah, it, it really has been a masterful job, not just Sheldon Keep, but the entire coaching staff, uh, to be able to, to to pick the right guys at the right time to throw out. One of the forwards that I thought did a really good job of stepping up tonight with Noel Achari being out. Lafferty. The fact exactly yeah. Sam Lafferty. Just I under, told you. What did I tell you? Just, I know a lot of stuff. You know so many things, and some of them are actually important. <laughs> wow, guy. <laughs> just, do I got? Do I have to get in between you two guys again? No, <laughs> no. This is a love fest. No. This is, yeah, it's a good guy fest. Okay, but, guys. <laughs> Yeah, whatever, guys. <laughs> he was he was really good. Just under 18 minutes of ice, and the speed is noticeable, and the assist in Zach Aston Reese's second goal was really noticeable because, yes, the passing ability, but the whole sequence, following up yeah. the play, pouncing on a loose puck, making the most of the opportunity. And he went to, from zero to full speed in a hurry Absolutely. to turn it back up ice. And on the, on the penalty kill, like, noticeable there as well. So I, I think that's a good sign, and, it, and it's part of – this group kind of moving forward here with these players getting acclimated, him being one of them, Achari, who gets hurt tonight. But he's done a nice job of getting involved in this group and asserting himself. And now you think about his role. It's like, okay, we can see his role being larger in the playoffs now. Yeah, and for Lafferty, because I think he was only, what, maybe 10 minutes against uh, Colorado on Wednesday. It was low. Uh, yeah. yeah, Lafferty 17.56 tonight, so. Uh, when we wonder where the minutes went from Marner, Matthews, Tavares, uh, Lafferty was the uh, the one that was able to pick up the extra time, and I, I agree with Frank, he was very noticeable. Uh, but even, you know, loose bucket center, he jumps on it, and the acceleration was so noticeable oh, from yeah. up here. And the pass. And, uh, yeah, and a little sauce on it, too, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? This yeah. wasn't right along the ice, or a little, uh, little Gretzkiness to it. And you, when, you, you know, when you realize you're playing in Ottawa tomorrow night, to spread those minutes around like he did, kind of a luxury. Yeah, and then, like we said, I mean, it's good to get a two-goal lead. And, um, you know, even though Carolina stuck around, um, I, I do like the fact that uh, they played the score exceptionally well. They, they weren't gambling. The defense never got caught pinching. Not a lot of odd man rushes back the other way. I really hope Achari is back sooner rather than later because I like what that fourth line had really started yes. to build with Aston Reese, Achari, and Camp. And Camp was really noticeable tonight, too. Like, he was one of those guys that kind of – dragged his team along whether it was protecting the puck down low some good heavy offensive shifts where you know Carolina had done that for a bit finally the Leafs get it going the other way and we talked about the momentum swings right like there's yep. been games where they weren't able to get it back that's part of getting it back and I thought he really led the charge as far as the bottom six kind of guys like Marner was so good Matthews I thought was dancing at times tonight you yep. can see the speed that he's creating but you know to have someone else that's able to do it and kind of drag you along like he was he played with a lot of pace he played with a lot of purpose and he was big strong and heavy tonight
Yeah, it just seemed to be a game that they controlled. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't anything overly flashy, but that they. Uh, uh, what you really like, or what I like, is as much as you know. We talk about the speed and the structure and everything else. Is one-on-one -on -one battles. I would say uh, I know there's no stat for it, but I would say that has gone up uh, a great deal the since uh, Kyle Dubas was able uh, to make those trades. And you start to see probably even more scrums at the end of whistles than we'd seen from this team Jake in a while. McCabe. Yeah, right. Yeah, he always seems to be in the middle. Well, who was it? It was Sebastian Ajo who shot a puck. He high sticked it, and he put it down. Are you a little itchy? Oh, yeah, my ear. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's talking about you. Someone's in Ralphie's really? ear talking to him. <laughs> Someone's He's in his got, ear. He got upset. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, I just didn't yeah. know if the producer was in your Great ear. Great TV, but unfortunately, we, we, it's we got, radio. We got to go. We got to go. We got to break. Yeah. <laughs> You know, the, the funny thing is with that, we, we talked about the, uh, the uh, some traditions have to die. And and one of them, the, the guy shooting the puck after the whistle. I mean, this wasn't this wasn't deliberate. Or, I mean, it used to cause a scrap because goalies didn't wear masks. And there was a good chance you could hurt somebody if they eased up or what. Right. Like, I, I kind of think we can let that one go. <laughs> you know that it's not. You know, and I think Samson, not only was Samson off, I made a pretty good glove save yeah. on it. But it was just one of those things, like, I understand it's like, you don't shoot at our goalie yeah. after the whistle. And yet you're going, what's the worst that can <laughs> What, it's what just the, nowadays it's, it's, it's a no-guy play. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's no-guy. Well, they'll ban yeah. it in the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League first, first. <laughs> where, they, where they've banned fighting now. They'll, then they will yeah. ban if you shoot a puck <laughs> after the offside or a high stick is called. And now, they, they will suspend you for that. Now, what I love is when you say ban fighting, you can have stricter penalties, but it's not really banned, right? You it's can't. like in Europe. In Europe, you can fight, but you're going to get suspended for yeah. it. That's so what that's, it is. Yeah. So that, that's why when I heard You're the word ban, we're going, league. let's ban traffic accidents. <laughs> <laughs> why didn't somebody think of that? But, yeah, you're, you're right. I think that's uh, uh, the Western League will probably be the last. I, I don't know if things are as, as defined as they were when I was coming up, but it was like the, the Quebec League was always the skilled guys. Uh, the Western League was uh, was always the guys that scrapped and had yeah. thousands of farm tough. Notes in a they season. would call yeah. farm tough kind and of. And then guys. Uh, the Ontario League was uh, the best, the best hockey players. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you laughing, <laughs> Ralphie? You have uh, you have overachieved in this particular uh, segment. I'm uh, I am not going to have that much cough medicine before a game again. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. <laughs> Ralphie, yeah, rest yeah. up yeah. and learn some more stuff before our next game. Yeah. I need some more information yeah. on yeah. new things. Just got to go and update that whole Google thing I've been working on <laughs> over the last few years. <laughs> the Ralphie app. All right, boys. Coming to a phone near yeah, you. Yeah. you <laughs> Thanks very much, Ralphie. 5-2, the Leafs over Carolina. This is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network. Leafs game night live from Scotiabank Arena 5-2. The Leafs win over Carolina as we look down on the ice. They're doing a resurfacing, and at some point they're going to have to take things apart because the Raptors are here tomorrow night. So I'm surprised the teardown hasn't started yet. We'll you back that. in the building tomorrow? Yes, I, I am in tomorrow night. Nice. So Yeah, it'll be fine. You're the hardest working guy going right now. Uh, I don't know. You do the 27-hour days. 27-hour <laughs> days. You're all over the place. Well, that's what happens when you, you start out, you work with the tap man, you realize the work ethic involved, similar to the Leafs' work ethic tonight. I thought it was really exceptional. And, yeah. and, and you can see, I know that you don't like the chemistry word, but you could see – 
the cohesion of all the players. I'm going to clarify something, Jimmy. I don't mind the word chemistry. I'm I'm thinking now I'm going to adjust my position on this word. Oh. Okay. Well, that's that's monumental, isn't it? I think I'm going to adjust it. I just don't want to overuse it. I don't want to come on the mic and just talk about chemistry. I want to tell you what it is that is giving them the chemistry. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'll use chemistry. You can say You'll it. get your own. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get my own word. Yeah. Yeah, you get no, every word well, but, you want. But when I say chemistry, I'm not talking about these guys get along. I'm talking about in-play chemistry, yeah. knowing that, like, the feed off the, what the guy's doing to know what to do. But that's what I, that's what I can t- You say that, and yeah. then I can tell you, okay, I see that he passes to him in this spot, and this guy gets there. You know what I mean? Like, or, or you could say they're relating to each other very well. I could say, I could bring it a little more specific, let's right. say. You're big picture, I'm specific. We okay, got it? yeah. Okay, we're Yes good. guy, no guy. Yes okay. guy, no guy. <laughs> Luca, our producer, he's whatever guy. Yeah, whatever guy. That's yeah. good for Luca. That, yeah. that, that, that describes him perfectly. But I'll tell you what, this is one of those games where as a player, you're in this game, you're very invested in it, you're uh, engaged in it, because you know at any moment, Carolina, with the way they played tonight, oh, they, they were could relentless. Have, they were relentless, and they so you have to be attentive to that. And I thought the Leafs did a really good job of matching that. They were very competitive. They were hardworking, and they played a smart game. It was the Leafs who were on the better side of the two on ones and the three on twos tonight, and they were the ones that caught Carolina with the breakdowns, not the other way around. Which, let's be honest, we see that from the Leafs a lot. It's just the games that it happens to the Leafs. It gets a little bit magnified here, is right? It, yeah, as this game went on, I thought if I was a Carolina fan and I was watching this game, I'd be thinking to myself, boy, my team played really well, but but the other teams just got more firepower. And, and, and you know, I think the skill level is, is much uh, more in, in the least favor, obviously, in this matchup. But, yes. But you saw it rise to the occasion tonight. Absolutely, right? And. You say skill, right? So you expect super fancy kind of plays. And, yes, there were some of that tonight. I think of Mitch Marner and his goal. Skill on finish. Right, yes. And Mitch Marner, his goal, super skilled play. Little bit of change of gears in the neutral zone. Blows around the forward. Excellent shot. Back of the net. But look at the first goal. Right? There's some skill involved, but it's a hard-working goal. It's a yeah. point shot. Yeah. A player in Zach Aston Reese who boxes his, his man out, tips it in the net. The power play goal, lots of skill involved. Right, like Mitch Marner sets up Willie Nylander on the first entry, and you're thinking, that should have been a goal. That's right. More skill leading into it, but then how does the puck end up going in? Boom, boom, boom. Well, it's Tavares with a shot that yeah. goes off Joe Pesci, off Austin Matthews. And, and yeah. I said Joe Pesci on purpose, yeah, by I, the way. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know yeah. his name is Brett Pesci. Uh, of course, guy. Right? Yeah. But uh, yes. Glad you got the name right. <laughs> Doesn't always happen <laughs> in the postgame. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, yeah. the skill nonetheless is the, is the, the catchphrase you're looking the, for. The, the skill yeah. is on display, and when the puck is going in the net, there's a little bit of a simplicity to it involved as well. Now, this game was on TSN on the TV side, which means in the booth beside us was Gordon Miller. And in the first period, you were on the headset. What was I that like? Out. It was great. I got to listen to Gord and MJ call the game. Hopefully, they're listening to us on their way home. Shout out to everyone involved in that got to listen to the truck and how they operate it was a really cool experience to hang out out there gord showed me his notes how he kind of prepares for the game he's very well prepared and of course calls an unbelievable game yes he does luke shen post game on the tsn tv coverage with mark masters uh, on feeling the home atmosphere for the first time in a while obviously uh you know it's been a long time and just so many emotions going into it i'm very grateful and thankful to get this opportunity again um you know, I absolutely love my time, uh, you know, being a part of the organization, being a part of 
the city and uh, love the fans here and um, you know always wish that I can get a second chance and for it to come to reality um, very grateful and thankful for this opportunity. What was it like when they announced your name in the starting lineup? Yeah I mean uh, yeah it gives me chills even thinking about it right now I mean obviously um, you know thinking back to when I first started here the fans were always so good to me they were uh, always very supportive and you know I know I had some ups and downs but I felt uh, you know for the most part uh, just, just first class, and uh, I appreciate the warm welcome back, and, and I'm excited to be here. A big hit in the third. Luke, did that, how did that resonate with you? Yeah, great. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of weird for, obviously, uh, you know, being physical is part of my game, but for the last, you know, minus two games in the last month here, it's, it's tough to skate on your own and to kind of get that timing back in physical play, and obviously that's a huge part of it, but when you're skating, you know, with yourself and a skills coach, you're not getting a lot of that, so it was nice to kind of get one there in the third, just, uh, you know, Obviously, to, uh, to get appreciated by the crowd, but just personally to get a little timing back and a little feel for that. Obviously, uh, I know that's uh, a huge part of things and, and why they brought me in, and I need to continue to build on that. And uh, like I said, I, I appreciate the, uh, the warm welcome from the fans. Spend some time away. Obviously, your wife gave birth to your third child. Uh, so you haven't been around all the time, but what, what have you seen? What makes you believe this is a special group and this team could do something special? I mean, obviously, I've been watching for the past few years, and it just seems like every year they're getting better and better. And, um, you know, it was just an incredible series last year. Obviously, everyone saw, and they're right there. I mean, it's it's uh, it's a process. It's chipping away at a time here. And I think the details, obviously, no, everyone knows that this team can score. Um, you see it from a distance. But I think the big thing is we continue to work at defending, and, and that's what wins is, uh, you know, not trying to outscore teams, but outdefend teams. And I think uh, that's one thing that, you know, the belief is getting better in the room. And, We've got a lot, of, a lot of games left here to, to build on it. And, uh, you know, another big one tomorrow night in Ottawa. Luke, welcome back. All right, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. Jimmy, there's nothing like doing a post-game show with yourself and Ralphie, and there's nothing like being a Maple Leaf. It really is the coolest experience you can find in hockey. Just the buzz that this city has, the tradition, the history of playing for this team, even being down in the locker room, the facility we have. It's just there's so much positivity and energy that you really appreciate and when you go place play elsewhere yeah they treat you well it's a great organization in, in other spots but there's just nothing like being a maple leaf and luke shen coming back here second go around with the team it was a really cool moment obviously in the warm-up to see him out there but as the game went on you see he tried to lay the body a couple times early on yeah he ha- he went up against jordan stall twice and those were two big bodies colliding but finally in the third period he was really able to get the best out of someone and he had two big hits in the third the crowd started chanting luke really cool moment but i think he said it best you know, when he talked about how much it means to come back here and how he kind of hoped it would happen at one point in his career, um, there's just nothing like being a Maple Leaf. It's a really cool feeling. Well, that's extremely well said. Uh, when I got out of this game, watching Shen emerge as the game went on, watching Gustafson certainly in the first half of the game, I was never a big fan of the nine defensemen. But I'm going to tell you, uh, you know, <laughs> you know that. But but I'm, I'm going to tell you that when you see – what Luke did in the second half, and when you see what Gustafson did uh, on the, the goal that he set up, you're, and you think to yourself, well, I don't know, like it's not my job to figure out how they're going to play these guys, but the fact that they're here, and if there's a falter, I mean, you've got so many counters back there. Uh, you know, if somebody has a, a stumble in a game and you're not yeah. happy with it, I mean, look at the reinforcements. That, well, that's a great plus. No offense to any defenseman who was here in the last couple of years, but – if players went down last year, it was 
Alex Biega or Carl Dahlstrom, right? Like, think about the depth now where we're talking about nine guys, Connor Timmons being the ninth guy. He can't even practice with the team right now because you just can't have nine defensemen on the right. ice for practice. It doesn't work that way. So he's sort of on a developmental path right now, and that's fine. You know, we'll probably see him next year in a Leafs uniform. But the eight guys that are there now, plus Jordy Ben, who's playing down with the Marlies, we can't forget about him. There is way more depth, so you feel like if you have to go into that pool of players, you, you feel a little more comfortable with that. But the thing that really separates it is that any of those eight guys can play on any given night. Like the guys that are near that five, six, seven, eight, they're pretty interchangeable. Yeah, and, and if it's handled the way I think it was, where everybody understands that there's there's a lot of bodies there, and if those those eight or nine bodies are supportive of each other, uh, and nobody gets their their uh, you know chin out of uh, I can't forget the phrase, but if nobody gets out out of sorts about not playing, right? Then then that could be a real plus that to have that kind of support. Yeah, I think ultimately this team is probably at the point where if you're gonna be like that, like you're not involved in the mission here with this team, right? This team yeah. needs to win. Um, you know that's kind of the the main focus, and I think the players that were brought in understand that and. As a player, you kind of understand if you play on a winning team, if your team has success, you will look better. And we see it every year where there's guys who go on long playoff runs and they end up signing really nice contracts because of it. Happens in the NHL, happens in the AHL. It happens in my time in Europe. I saw it as well. The, the, the more players fall off, the more people are watching you go later on into the playoffs. And that's, it's a good thing. And remember, being branded as a winner has made players a lot of money in this league, has made players big-time careers just being branded as winners. So I think that's something that players need to keep in mind here when you think about the core group that is intact and the chance that they have at winning and going far into the playoffs. So, yeah, maybe your ice time may be limited if, if, if you're one of those guys, but if you go all the way and you sneak into a few games later in the playoffs, don't you think that's worth it? Well, look, I mean, if and we don't talk about this because we don't want to go overboard, but if this team was to go deep, and I mean really deep, and something nice was to happen, you're looking at a lot of heroes. You are, yeah. And they always mention this, hey, like, you'll never pay for another lunch. I don't know if I buy that. I think if you go to an establishment, they're still uh, going to charge you for lunch. I think if you won a Stanley Cup in this town and you just wore your jersey, you'd have a pretty You're good never going to wear your jersey. I, well, if somebody, some sort of identifying thing that if anybody understood you were a part of a Stanley let, Cup winning team, yeah. you would have a free pass. Me, I mean, I don't want to go overboard on it, but you would be treated well. Let me ask you this. So, Jimmy, <laughs> let's say you won the Stanley Cup. You won the, the Victoria Village Don Mills Stanley Cup. <laughs> And you go to an establishment, and they know who you are. Well, that happens anyway. And they bring you the bill at the end of the meal. <laughs> are you a little upset that they brought you the bill? No, not at all. I, I intend on paying for my <laughs> whatever I get. I don't want anything free. But but I, I think that you know it would be such a such a proud uh, accomplishment. Yes. To end that Stanley Cup drought, be part. Of, I mean, this is this is a special opportunity. I think that's the really cool thing about having local players involved, like someone like Mitch Marner, who's grown up here, was. Uh, familiar with the team, obviously a Leaf fan growing up, I would assume. Um, but, yeah, like having those yeah. guys around. JT with the, with the Leaf pajamas, yeah. Exactly, right? Yeah. So having the – how did I miss that? It's the captain. <laughs> no. Yeah. first. Well, you're a little tired. <laughs> uh, anyways, but you know what I'm – Mark yeah. Giordano. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So there there yeah. is a, a good local presence on this team. And there wasn't always that. It wasn't always the case. Yeah. Remember there was, there was a uh, – 
a little bit of an era there where it was heavy on the American players and then there was heavy on, uh, you know, Swedish or European players. Yeah. You know, we, we, there's there's a lot of players here who grew up in this market and kind of understand um, the magnitude of what that would mean. Even going deep into the playoffs, forget about winning. Just going to a second round would generate all kinds of buzz that this city hasn't seen before. Look, sooner or later or, it's going to happen. Sorry, not before, Jimmy, yeah. in my lifetime. I've seen it, but <laughs> like, I'm, not, I'm not saying that it could is going to happen this year, but it's going to happen at some point because it should, and, and there's really no reason why it couldn't. It should happen. <laughs> you well. would just think. You would just think after the years and years, like the law of averages would well, tell you that at some point this team will get past the first round. Look, they've got some some work to do in the summer, and I'm not too worried about that. That that's that's we're a, way down that, the road. Yeah, that that's way down the road. But when you look at what they've done over the last three years in terms of layering that roster, yes, that's that's this quite the best a change. roster we've seen. It just, I mean, you're only talking two years ago uh, against Montreal where you, you you thought, okay, it could happen. But when you look at that roster and you look at the one now, this is a lot better. Yes, this is the best roster we've seen, and we probably would have said last season that was the best roster we've. That's seen. right. So it gets better. It, Unfortunately, it, to this point, not it, good enough. It well, it has gotten better, and you think about the the different situations that have come up. Jake Muzzin being one of them, a big part of the decor, and you were hoping that you were going to get healthy Jake Muzzin for a long time. Not the case, but Kyle Dubas has done a really good job of addressing that, bringing in Mark Giordano, getting him to sign at a discount, bringing in Jake McCabe, adding that defensive depth now with a guy like Gustafson, guys like Shen. So, you know, you may not have the the magnitude of one Jake Muzzin, but he has done a good job of insulating the decor with players who you think, when all tied together, can make up for that loss. And then up front, adding in someone like Ryan O'Reilly, who obviously is not playing right now, and we can definitely see that there there is uh, a piece missing to this forward group. Sure. But it, it's a great scenario to have a guy like that, and you talk about versatility and some of the players that have that versatility. Whether it's Alex Kerfoot, regardless of the season he's having, we understand goal scoring has been a challenge for him this year. But Kelly Yarncroft, one of those players who is able to bridge the gap between the players that make a lot of money and the bargain bin players at the bottom. You know, a guy who makes $2.1 million who has given you great output when in the top six. Really good role and identity in the bottom six. So you start looking at the lineup and you see the changes that have been made. And looking at tonight's game, Nolachari, who leaves the game, his presence is noticeable when he's not on the ice because he's able to finish hits, because he has um, you know, a good pursuit game into the puck. He does a lot of little things. He gets in guys' way. Um, and Zach Aston-Reese, being a guy who came in on a PTO, on a tryout, and earned his way onto the team, maybe had a better start to the season, a little bit of a dip somewhere in the middle. But if tonight is going to be any, any indication of how he plays going forward and into the playoffs, there's a player now that fits on your fourth line, and you feel really good about that situation in the bottom of the lineup. Really, we always talk about the, the bottom six, the role players, the identity guys, and a lot of that is because we know that the top six produces a lot throughout the regular season. We never have to worry about that. But at the end of the day, it always comes back to this. In a playoff series, the big boys are going to have to carry the way, and you hope you get some contribution from lower in the lineup. Well said, my friend. Thank you, Jimmy. Uh, Leafs win 5-2 over Carolina. This is Leafs game night, TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. This is Leafs game night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. The Leafs live here.
Welcome back to Scotiabank Arena. Leafs win 5-2 over Carolina and set for Ottawa tomorrow night. It's the start of a five-game road trip, but I would suggest that you go to Ottawa, play, and come back home, and then split for New York, Florida, Carolina, and Nashville. Logistics guy. Yeah. You're a logistics guy. That makes sense. I mean, you're you're not flying to... uh, Florida's on Tuesday, so you're not going down there. Or sorry, New York's on Tuesday. You're not going to Long Island right away, are you? Well, you don't really stay on Long Island. Yeah. Uh, maybe you do now because the arena is out there. But when I was playing, we were playing at that arena in Brooklyn. Oh, right. That travesty of an arena. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst arena. What, the one with the scoreboard off center? Yeah, the scoreboard was off center. There was like a car in the yeah. one corner, and all those people couldn't see half the ice because the seat started above the glass. Yeah. We actually, there was no ramp to drive down into that arena. You know, did I ever tell you this? No. So to get into the arena with the bus, you drive into this garage looking thing and really what it is is an elevator the elevator brings you down to the event level then you go into the bat cave well the door opens (laughs) and then the bus backs out but there's no cave there's no room (laughs) guy you're killing me there's no room for the bus to drive out, so it goes on this platform, and it spins the thing. It was a ridiculous oh. operation. It takes like 20 minutes to get into that arena. Anyways, Jimmy, play the audio. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I don't have a throw for it, but uh, Sheldon, keep postgame. Let's take a listen. I thought the guys boxed so well. You know, there was a few tips that they got, they only got their stick on for sure that Sammy was really strong on. Um no, but I, I thought the guys defended well. They were, they were in lanes. We blocked some shots, discouraged a few. Did enough to keep them away from the net. Uh, obviously, though, they got two goals off of, you know, some some breakdowns in our coverage there that, uh, you know, we need to, need to do a better job on those. But uh, for the most part, I thought we, did a, thought we did a really good job defensively. And, and you know, I thought we moved the puck really well out of our uh, coming out of our end tonight which has been an issue for us in, in recent games. And then tonight you're playing against a team that's maybe the hardest in the league to come out of your, your zone against. So it was certainly an area of focus for us yesterday's practice and coming into today. And I thought that the D responded very, very well with how they moved. And I thought they just got us moving up the rink really nicely against a team that normally is quite difficult to do so. You guys said uh, you guys channeled your frustration in the right direction after uh couple of uh, calls and non-calls in that? Yeah, I think so. I mean, penalty kill responded really, really well. You know, whether it was, you know, coming out of that, uh, coming out to start the second period or uh, in the third period, you know, obviously the penalty kill, penalty kill doesn't do a job. It changes the game significantly. And our power play gets one opportunity and makes good on it. So, you know, special teams were a major, major factor in the game tonight. Um, and I just thought we just played a, a real smart game against a very good team. Coach Keefe after the 5-2 win. So he was saying that Carolina in their own zone, very tough. Very tough. And he also mentioned the penalty kill, which I thought did a really good job for the Leafs. It kind of goes to the um, Carolina not having that finisher, right, missing yeah. that little bit of a lack of finishing uh, offensive flair where they were able to move the puck around. They were able to spend time in the Leafs zone, but give the Leafs a lot of credit. They bent, they didn't break, and at the end of the day, Ilya Samsonov made some big saves when he needed to. See, that's a good point, because if you if you transport the way Carolina played in the Leafs zone and put it against a, a lesser team than the Leafs, 
that puck goes in the net. You think so? Yeah, absolutely, because yeah. of the way they moved it around. They did, yeah. They spent a ton of time, and they were able to retrieve pucks. And then, you know, like the, the puck moves around a little bit on the outside. There's some heavy shooters there, like Brent Burns. When he takes a shot, you can see the, the smoke coming off that thing. And there were a number of times where either he was able to get a shot off or whether it was Ajo. Like, there was a few different guys, Marty Natchez. Uh, but the Leafs did a really good job of either fronting those and then waiting and being patient and getting those clearing attempts. And Mitch Marner really comes into play on the penalty kill as well because there were a number of times where he was able to clear the puck down 200 feet um, and gain that, I guess, momentum for the Leafs. Mark Giordano as well is another player that comes to mind that was really good on the penalty kill for the Leafs tonight. So, Guy, 14 games left. How many do we have? Uh, I don't want to quiz you. It's okay. But it's getting there. Like, we're, we're, we're down the stretch ten. here. So we have 10 not left. Yep. Good for us. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's getting there. And, you know, even for the goaltenders now, I don't know if we're going to see a 50-50 or are we going to see a 60-40, but hopefully we see Matt Murray in net in Ottawa tomorrow night because if he's not in net, that would be uh, puzzling for sure, very worrisome, and hopefully he's able to go and have a good performance. I just, you know, I don't want to revisit any kind of trouble, but uh, I'd be worried about the morning skate. Yeah, get through the morning skate. You just got to find your checkpoints, right? Yeah, yeah. Wake up, good. Morning skate, good. Yeah. Pre-game meal, check. Warm-up, check. Game, out of there. Yeah, almost. <laughs> Captain Generosity has just come in the studio. Frankie, take the rest of the night off. Thanks, Jimmy. Great job tonight. Well, and, and you too. Thank you. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> this is Leafs Game Night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.